0: time in this place this morning we're thankful and we're grateful for the presence of all of you that are present and those that are listening we just want to say thank you for being able to sit down and taking the time to hear the word of god now we're going to go into the book of second kings chapter number seven we began this task on, on Wednesday, and they were just so powerful, and we did not get to finish. So uh, we're going to bring up those that weren't here, or well, since we didn't air it, we'll bring you up to speed, and then what we're going to do is take you forward and see what God is having to say. Second Kings chapter number 7, and our title this morning is Faith to Believe the Impossible. There are some people out there facing some impossible situations and today the God is sending the word faith to believe the impossible coming from the book of 2nd Kings chapter number 7. And we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Father, we thank you right now. Bless and sanctify your word because it already is, because it is you. And we just understand and know that, God, you're going to do great and mighty things. Use me for your glory. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right. Chapter number 7 in 2 Kings, verse number 1. It begins reading, uh, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow... About this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And verse number 2 says, Then a a Lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, you always got a smart might might this thing be, and he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof." One of the things we want to remember, and I want you to hold that thought in your mind, because there was a prophecy that had gone forth. Well, you are gonna always have some unbelievers, but that was a prophecy that had gone forth. Now, in verse number 3 is what we really want to take up. It says in verse 3, And there were four leper men at the entering end of, of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Now, when I first began look at this, and I had uh, uh, preached this many times before, but there are some things that the Lord had brought out and revealed. And and one of the main things that I, I missed, and I have never taught about it, is uh, when it talks about there were four leopards. I always went to the place when they talk about the, the condition, the condition of leprosy. But I never looked at the number four. So when I began to look at the number four, four uh I understood that most times biblically we always equate the number four to seasons but it goes beyond that it goes beyond that when everyone is born they ha- they are they have a what they call a life path number and when I began to read what number four meant it literally amazed me so I decided to do my own I, I decided to do dr. Manley's and I decided to do my daughters. I also decided to do my son-in-laws, but he had too much there, so he'll have to see it for himself. But the way you get your life path number is, is the sum total of your birth date. You know, it's the day of your birth, the month, the date, and the year, the sum total. And then you add those numbers across, and we've been taught how to add the numbers or how to decode the numbers. Now, for me, I was a number nine because I was skeptical of what I had read. And when it got to the number nine, it began to describe me. I discovered that my daughter was the same thing. She was the number nine too. And and it really is true. When I began to look at myself, it it says in the number nine, we are uh, humanitarians. We we we're givers. We're very compassionate. We love to uh, take care and do things for others. And sometimes on our downfall, we will go to the extreme. You know, sometimes you know you don't even worry about yourself. You always want to bless everybody else. And, and and for me that I'm a number nine that that really equated me because I love people and that was one of the things it talked about of my life number my life path number. Now when it got to Dr. Manley, Dr. Manley was an, it, he was a number I think he was a number two. Talked about him being a perfectionist that's true. Talks about he was a visionary that's true. It also talked about how. Whenever he wanted anything done, even though he may not be in the leadership role, but yet he knew how to follow, but he also wanted those that was doing whatever needs to be done to do it in the spirit of excellence. That's him. And But then it says, you know, on, on the extreme, on the opposite, that's like a pendulum, He's, he swings to the total left. I mean, when he goes to just as high as he is in the spirit realm, uh, and doing, and people seek out his gifts because of the anointing and the gifting. That when he's going to, in the, operating in his flesh, he goes to the extreme and he is full to the negative, he's, he's off the chain in the negative. And I said, Yeah, that's him, that's him. And he even agreed that, that was him. So, but then when we begin to look at number four, talking about these leopards, this number four, now I found out this about the number four it, they, they have a natural ability to plan, to fix. To build and to make things work. When we begin to get into the scripture, we're going to see all of these, all of these, these facets and the characteristics. Now, when it comes down to their to their character, or the person of or has the number four. They're trustworthy. They're down to earth. They have the ability to take orders and to carry out the orders, and they are dedicated. Uh, they also have a, they also have a spirit of autom- entrepreneurship, and they know how to manage. And, uh, in the community, but they function best when they are under uh, under the gun, or they are under the pressure, and they are able to solve problems. Now, it also means being connected uh, on the spirit realm, meaning the mind, the body, and the spirit. It symbolizes the need for it symbolizes the need for stability, uh, having a solid foundation, safety, and security. Now, when you can, if you can retain all that and remember all that, now you'll understand about the story we're about to share. The, they talked about the four lepers. First of all, we understand that these lepers they had a condition. Even though they had a condition, they they had a birth path number which is four that talks about they had a need to be stabilized. They had a need for a solid foundation, but they were so in, they were so genius to the point of they were able to make decisions when they were under the gun. Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't make a decision. Sometimes we, sometimes we might make a decision and then sometimes we say we're unsure. But these, even though they had a condition, and even though they were uh, uh, in a place where they had been uh, pushed aside in society, here it is, they knew how to build, they knew how to fix things, and they knew how to work things out, and they brought forth to their advantage. Now, let's go to the, to the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter number 13. Keep your place in 2 Kings, chapter 7, but we're going to go to the book of Leviticus, chapter number 13, because by them being leopards, we need to understand about their condition. Leviticus, chapter number 13. I want to kind of stay close to my, to my scriptures. All right, Leviticus, chapter number 13, beginning at verse number 45, talking about the leopards. They, they had a condition. It says, And the leopard in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare. And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. When that, because they had that condition, they were not allowed to come in contact with people. And if they did, they had to announce before they even got to them that they were unclean. Now, you're going to see how things change when we get to look at Jesus Christ. Now, verse 46 says this. All the days wherein the plague uh, shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone outside the camp which shall be his habitation. Now, we have to understand that one of the things uh, is that by them, under under the law now, not under grace, but under the law, They were set aside. They were, they were cast aside. They were what you call, um, put in like a little colony because they all had the same kind of condition. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit revealed to me is just like this. When people that have AIDS, unless you, unless you are told they have that, nine times out of ten, they usually hang out with their own kind because they are ostracized. Amen. Even though they have wealth of knowledge, and and I I found that to be true for many, many, many people. I had a dear friend I went to college with. uh, uh, She ended up with AIDS, and I remember going to the hospital that night, and early that morning, because I just got work from third shift. And I went to see her. I would go see her every morning when I got off from work. And that morning, for some reason, I was walking real slow. I didn't know why I was walking so slow. But once I got there, I found out that she had passed away. But she had passed away from AIDS. But the beauty of it was that she never gave up. And even, though, even in her own home, she had to be um, put to a place where she could not be in connection with anyone else. But she was a beautiful young lady. And she received the AIDS by means through by her husband. So, but yet, you know, I I know how they'll put aside and and how different um, people, depends on what the condition may be, they will put you aside, they will colonize you because, see, they don't have a cure. And, see, that's another thing I got a problem with because oftentimes we say that we don't have a cure for certain things. Now, I do believe we do have a cure for cancer. I do believe we have a cure for all these different uh, types of illnesses that are there, all the type of drug addictions and all. That. I believe there is a cure, and the reason why I believe that is this: for so many years, they were always saying there's no cure for heroin addicts. There was no no cure for people that's on meth, and they were saying that was no cure, no cure for people uh, uh, that had HIV. But all of a sudden, they develop a, a certain that works, but it costs about seven. Well, I think maybe. Twelve to $15,000 just for six weeks treatment. Uh, but yet, all of a sudden, now they got a cure. All these people died all this time, but yet now they just now find out they got a cure. And all of a sudden, all of these different companies has a cure for these different diseases. Now, they've got something for, for, for people that's on, on heroin, so they won't OD. So then they give them this medication. And, and so, and it's amazing that when they say that we don't have a cure for, it, yet we do. It's a money maker. I only got one clap. It is a money maker for somebody to get some money to get your money out your pocket. That's what all that stuff is. And by by the time you get done uh, giving up all of your money, you have made the other person rich. Now. Not only the uh, the drug dealer, but how about the doctors and, and all, all the other people that prescribe those drugs, you know, prescription drugs? You know, you're getting hooked on prescription drugs. Well, the, the legal, it's legal. You go to the doctor to get it. And next thing you know, you hooked and you can't come up off of it. See, the, we have to think outside of the box. So because they say that's not a cure for certain things, they will put you in certain categories. They will put you in a certain side of town and everybody that's, that's, that does that or con- connected you with that, they will house you in that certain side of town. But watch how Jesus, Jesus handles leprosy under grace. Let's go to St. Luke chapter number 17, St. Luke chapter number 17, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 12. St. Luke chapter number 17, beginning of reading in verse number 12. All right, now we're talking about faith, faith to believe in the, in the impossible, faith to believe in the impossible. Now, St. Luke chapter 17, verse number 12 says this, And as he entered into a certain village, talking about Jesus, there met him ten men that was leopards which stood afar off. Remember, they were isolated. You know, they, just, they were far off. They couldn't get around people. Verse 13 says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They knew who to call on. They knew who to call on. And then verse 14 says, And when he saw them, talking about Jesus, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priests, and it shall come to pass that as they went, they were clean. What I admire here is, here comes these ten lepers. They have... A, what we call a, a brotherhood. That even though they were ostracized and when they had to, they were approaching people, they had to call out unclean, unclean. They stood together. They began to call out to God and ask the Lord to have mercy. He says, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. That's what they said to Jesus. Have mercy on us. Verse that, which is in verse 13. They didn't say, have mercy on me. They said, have mercy on us. That's how I know it was a true brother, uh, brotherhood. Amen. That's how I knew it was a true brotherhood because they was asking mercy for all of them. They wasn't just asking mercy for themselves. They was asking for mercy for all of them. But Jesus' response now is this. Is this. He says, when he saw them, see, Jesus looked beyond the condition. When he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priests. And the Bible says, and it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. This is where your faith comes in. You have to act upon the word of God. Christ spoke to them, said, Go show yourself to the priest. And they didn't question him. And they they didn't begin to say, Well, you know, we can't do that. The priest was the one that sent us out here and called us unclean. So Jesus says to them, Under grace, grace says, You keep moving. Eventually, I'm going to clean you up your condition. Because see, what happens here, the Bible says, as they went, they went in faith. Whatever the impossible situation that you have, if you go in faith, I will guarantee you that God himself will work things out for you. Because he says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now watch verse 15. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice glorifying God. Sixteen says, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And the Bible says, and he was a Samaritan. Seventeen says, and Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Eighteen says, they are not found, but returned to give glory, save the stranger. You can find a, a stoned out sinner. I mean one that's done everything in the book. They are more more ready to come back and give God a thank you or give God a, a, a praise for what he has done in their life than somebody that's been in it the whole time because sometimes we can become too complacent. We, we, we get to a point where we think, "Well, God, oh no, God, don't owe us anything." We should always be appreciative, and when He rec- He recognized, can you imagine? It's ten of you. You 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 you've been in this condition. You've been ostracized from society. You've been placed in, in, in a situation where you get to holler unclean everywhere you go, and you me you come in contact with Jesus. Oh, do you not know that there is no way we can stain Jesus without sin? Oh, we can't stain Him. But he can heal us, amen. People, you know how they say I don't want to be around them. Well, excuse me. If if you if if your Holy Ghost don't keep you no more than that, then you don't have the real thing. In other, you we're supposed to be rubbing off on them, not them on us. That might be the problem. We can part with just the light, amen. That that's the problem. But this one, he can heal ten of them together. He was willing to to break away from the colony. See, you got to be willing to break away from the colony. If you don't want to be broken away from the colony and follow Jesus. See, that's what that one did. He broke away from the colony. He, he went back. He was made whole. And he went back to the one that made him whole. See, we always tell God, thank you now. When God does something in your life, be always ready. Have a, a, a ready praise in your heart and your spirit. Because you don't never know when God's going to show up on your behalf. And God showed up on. Can you imagine all these years you 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 are ostracized from society, and now you can go back, and you go back cleaning your main hole. It's it's just amazing. That's that's what grace is. Grace will clean you up if you let it. Grace will clean us up if we let it. Amen. Grace will do that thing. But I'm telling you, it's 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 so awesome because see, when Jesus he looked at her, he said, now "Wait a minute." I thought it was ten of you. What happened today? Ungrateful folk. Well God's supposed to bless me. No, he don't, God does not have to do anything. We should always be thankful for what the Lord does. Amen. I don't care how small it is, how minute it is, we should all be grateful for what the Lord is doing in our lives. Amen. Now let's go let's go back now. Let's go back to Second Kings. Got to hurry along. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings chapter number seven. We understand understanding about that that, 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 spiritual condition, you know. Now watch verse number three, verse number three. Um, it, it talks about them, the four lepers in there were entering in at the gate. They were sitting on the outside of the gate and they says, now, why should we sit here and die? Why should we remain in this condition that we're in just sitting here and die? Now, here's some things now about this entering at the gate, what I give them credit for even though mankind don't want to give them credit. But this is why I give them credit for, even though they had a condition. First of all, they, did a, they had a bold move. It was, they was bold what they did. Because, see, th- they were at the entering end of the gate where they were not supposed to be. And normally, uh, do, uh, in that era and during that time, what they would do, the people that was in the city that they could not get to, they would throw food over the wall. So that's how they would end up getting their food, the leopards on the outside. So they made a bold move. The next thing was, uh, they said this, they are, uh, God said they were risk takers. They were willing to move out of the uh, area where they were to try to find a means of survival. They were risk takers. Then also, they had to sit there and they had to weigh out their options. They weighed out their options. What should we do? Should we sit here and die or should we get to moving? You know, because it says, why, why sit we here until we die? They knew they were going to die, not of their condition, but the fact that they had no food to eat, okay? And then it says this. They're out their options now. They, they realized they had nothing to lose. Either way, they was going to die. They didn't have nothing to lose. They had ran out of options. This is where your faith kicks in. When you run out of options, you know you don't have nothing to lose except believe God. And then the next thing, they come to this conclusion The best thing we need to do is we just need to surrender. We need to surrender to God, and whatever he decides and whatever he chooses, that is what is going to come our way. Now, uh, looking at verse number 4, verse 4 says this. Now, they 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 in this this discussion again, okay? They say, this is what they're saying. Now, it says in verse 4, If we say we enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. See, the, the, the city was in the same condition as them, but they kept themselves segregated. Now, no, never let anybody fool you and make you think that they got it all going on. You never know what's going on behind the closed doors of somebody else's house. They can they can step out. It may look like they got it all together. But, you know, when the truth be known, if you go behind those walls and go behind those closed doors, it's a whole different story. Amen? You know, that, that's, you know... Mm. Help me, Holy Spirit. All right, I'm going to move on. Okay. All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, Now, if we say, verse 4, if we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city. We should die there. See, remember, they're weighing out the options now. If we sit still here, we die also. They see, they're they, they looking at that thing. You know, they're checking it out. They're weighing out the options. And, and, and they realize if I go into the city, if I, if I go beyond that thing called fear, if I go beyond that thing called fear, we don't never know what's on the other side, except nine times out of ten, it doesn't happen what, what we think is going to happen. Nine times out of ten, because, see, fear immobilizes us. It immobilizes us. It immobilizes Fear will cause us to be in a place of, of standing still, not doing nothing. You know, sometimes we don't, we, we don't have go forth in our businesses and the things that God has called or our ministry because of fear fear failure well how you know it's going to see you're going to succeed un- unless you do fail because one of those failures is going to turn into success amen so that's that's very important so they sat there and they waited at that they waited at the options and this is where they come to they came to a conclusion verse four now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the syrians If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. In other words, they surrender to the enemy. you got to surrender to that thing that keeps you in fear and that keeps you in bondage. You surrender. Because, see, once you surrender, it no longer has power over you. Once you surrender. Now, the verse number 5 says, verse 5, yeah, I think that's where we want to go, verse 5. Verse 5 says this, watch what they do. After they make a decision to surrender, they acted upon what they decided to do. Verse 5 says, And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were coming to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man. When they made a decision... To surrender, to go forward, go against that, that spirit of fear, when they get to where they're going, there was nobody there. On the other side of fear is success, and we're still on the other side of, of fear. When we move beyond the fear, there's success on the other side. We just don't know it because the enemy speaks to our mind, oh, you can't do that. You, you, you don't have enough education. You, know, you, you don't have uh, the enough money. Yeah, you, know, you don't have, you don't have the right connections. The devil is a lie. I'm as long as I'm connected to God, that's the only connection that I need. Amen. That is the only connection I need because he knows all of the connections and he can touch their hearts and make them connect and give. And that's how we're going to get that load going up there to New Bern, uh, North Carolina. Because God's going to begin, uh, he's already operating, amen, and he's touching the hearts of people to help us to get that to those people that's in dire need. And I praise God for serving a God like that who is a connector. He, He, you talking about a network. He is the network. He, the master is the network. Amen. He, he's the network. Now, verse 6 says this. Verse 6 says, For the Lord has made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel have hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Now, verse, <clears throat> verse number 7 says, Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight. See, your enemies will run, will run. The enemy, your enemy will take a flight. And the the reason why they will take a flight, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. See, God can, God can do, God is a shaker and a mover. And he can rearrange things and he can cause people to hear what's not really there. He can cause people to see what's not really there. On your behalf and on my behalf, because I'm not going to leave myself out. I now, mean, he, he, God can do that. And once he does that, all of a sudden your enemy goes. You're like, where, 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 what happened to my enemy? God been on the move. God is working behind the scenes in all of our lives. We just don't know it. When it when, when camp come to a place, we say, okay, God, now I, this is worked out. And I, don't, I don't quite understand it. That's because God has been working behind the scenes on your behalf. So those things that you believe that's impossible, that's out of reach for you, Believe by faith that it is yours. You do it. I don't care what they say. No matter what they do. No, God said it so. God's. I won't. I won't say it now, but I'll I'll tell you later. It's just so much has been happening this week. It just, I tell you, literally blows my mind. And I'm and I'm thankful, and I'm 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 grateful. I'm grateful. Now, now, watch verse eight. Watch what God would do. He'll take that stuff that the enemy has and that really he didn't got from you. Amen. Watch this, and he'll give it back. Amen. When you surrender, amen, and do it God's way. You got to do it God's way now, not man's way. Verse 8 says, uh, we in Second Kings chapter 7, verse 8, it says, And when these leopards came to the utmost part of the camp. Now look, these are the same folk, now they didn't ostracize. You now, the enemy is gone. The The people are hiding behind the walls, them religious folk. They, they, they hide behind the wall because they don't know what to do, they're afraid of the enemy. And here are these bold lepers that's in a condition that has no problem stepping up and solving the problem. Hey, they're solving the problem. Now, He say so. <clears throat> and when these lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into, watch this, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. First thing they did, they got them some nourishment. Now, you got to take, please don't give out everything you got. Please keep some stuff in your own refrigerator. I mean, it's, it's, it's a poor mind to feed feed everybody else and feed the world. And your, your your cupboard is empty. Something wrong with the problem. You need some knowledge. I'm giving you some knowledge. First thing they did was they did eat and drink. They took care of themselves first. Well, they ain't what I'm in town. I'm supposed to help everybody. Else. No, then you're gonna be on the same side the motherfucker are. You know, you're gonna be over there with nothing while they full. When you were once four and didn't know how to manage what you had. You, you, you give what you can and you, God will tell you, God will tell you, don't, don't be stupid like I used to be. I'd empty up the whole thing, give it out and didn't have nothing. Be broke. I, I learned real quick because them people will spend your money and theirs too if you let them. If you let them. Amen. Now watch this. this, is, this is, they, they they sit and they eat and they drink. And then they said they carried then silver and gold and raiments and went and hid it. Mm, that ain't too crazy. They got them some stuff and then they hid it from the sale. And they came again. That's how surplus it was. We're in a, let me say this to y'all. We are in a season of overflow. We're in a season of overflow. Amen. And we're in a season of overflow. But you're going to have to know how to use your overflow you going to want, because if you don't know how to use with discipline your overflow, what's going to happen is you will have nothing and you're going to be looking again, asking God for an overflow. No, this is the season. This is the time right now. We're in overflow. Watch it. It's happening. I know it's happening. I've experienced it this week and I, I tell you, it feels good. And seeing other people in overflow, God is an awesome God. He's an awesome, awesome God. So they, they, they get them ramming and they, they go hide it. And they said, and came again and entered into another tent. Carried this also and went in. They had so much, they kept on hiding. But they're going to come to their senses in a minute. Because, see, they they've been in a condition for so long without. You know how it is when you've been in lack for so long. And when you, when you enter into that place of overflow, you're going to hold on to as much as you can. that's what they did. And here, right in the latter part of that verse, they said they went into the second tent. They carried it and they hid it. Watch verse number 9. Verse 9 says, Then they said one to another, We do not well. They get a revelation. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. We don't tell nobody about what God is doing. Because we're afraid somebody's going to ask somebody, Well, that word no is still in the vocabulary. They may ask, but you still know how to say no. Amen. Now, it says, If we tarry it to the morning light, watch them.'" Remember I told you they, they got some intellect? They, they, they knew. They understood. You know, it wasn't nothing. Because they had a condition didn't mean there was a problem with the intellect. They just happened to have a condition from society. Okay? Now, it says this. Now, it says, um, If we carry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, for come, that we may go and tell Tell the king's household that we may go and tell the king's household. Now, I want us to keep your place there in 2 Kings. I want us to go to Psalms 23 right quick. Psalms, Psalms 23, Psalms 23, verses 5 and 6. Now, you remember all this time they've been operating in a place of lack, right? And God has truly, tremendously blessed them. Psalms 23, verse number 5 says this. This is what God would do in the presence of your enemies. The one that, that said, you know, uh, th- thought you were going to always be down, and would never up. Verse 5, he says, Thou prepare, because God is doing this, David is speaking, Thou prepareth a table before me in the presence of who? Mine enemies. God will let your enemies see how he's blessing you. Because they saw you on the down, now they're going to have to see you on the upward, upward way too. They're going to see you going up. They saw you down, but they're gonna see you going up. Because why? God is preparing. God prepareth. In other words, He's is already ready. He's preparing it. He prepareth. It's there. It's done. And then it says, thou anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. Verse six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. See, even though they had that condition, uh, uh the mercies of the Lord, the mercies of the Lord, um, goodness and mercy were still following them because they end up being blessed and those people that would not give them anything. First of all, they had it to, when they did have to give, they didn't give. Then when they didn't have to give, they weren't throwing nothing over the wall because they were hungry too. Okay? Now, going back, let's go back now to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7. All right, now, remember now, in, in your life, as God, is God, those people that's been looking at you, those people that has been down in you, those people that, that say, well, you'll never get back to the status where you were. God said, I'm preparing a table in front of your enemies and they gonna watch me what well, they, they will watch and see what i'm gonna do in your life okay now let's go to to verse number um so in second kings chapter 17 verse 18 eight, verse number 18 <clears throat> now verse 18 in, in the very beginning of, of chapter number seven it they, they gave a prophecy the prophecy, the man of God was beginning to speak to them and tell them how things was going to reduce in price, but <clears throat> they were going to be to be a part of it. And uh, that was a smart aleck began to talk about. Okay, if, if the windows of heaven open up, then you know this thing it, it's not going to come to pass. Oh, watch God's word. Watch God's word. Watch God's word. Stay in your faith. Stay believing. Verse eighteen in Second Kings chapter number chapter number seven, verse eighteen says. And it came to pass, as the the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow about this time at the gate of Samaria. See, that prophecy had already gone forth. And and he told him, You know, you're not going to always, they're not going to always be in this condition. You're going to be blessed. Now, verse 19 says this And the Lord answered the man of God and said, not, not the Lord, but one of those kings. He answers the man of God and he says, Now behold, if the Lord shall make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? He didn't believe that it was going to be a surplus. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And see, in other words, he said, Let me tell you something. You're going to see it, but you ain't going to get to eat it because of your mouth. So you've got to be careful what you say. I had this dream this morning. And I've been having dreams and, 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 and god been telling me the people and I've been just responding to them and telling them what God is saying and had this dream this morning. And this dream this morning that I had, it was like I had gone to this market. And by going to this market, I saw a dozen of eggs. I saw this white box. It was a dozen of eggs. And I remember somebody telling me before I got there that those eggs was going to cost a dollar and nineteen cents. And so, but when I finally get to the marketplace, the, the eggs now were same same carton of eggs was costing a dollar and twenty one 21 cents and I pondered on that thing I said wait a minute God from morning to maybe noon day it had jumped two cents first of all I thought I said okay Lord uh, the thing uh, we know that the price probably for food and stuff may rise but this is something a little bit different this is what God revealed to me he says and, and I shared it with someone else earlier this morning because I, I it is connected to that life too but, but as far as this body God is about to do an increase in your life now it's up to every, every individual to believe for you, for, you, for you thought that you was going to have one amount God is going to turn that thing and he's going to bring about an increase what you expect to have or expect to get God's going to change it and it's going to be more he, I, I ain't too many folks. I, I, I shouted this morning when God, God told me. I mean, I, mean, I received it. Amen. He told me I'm going to a wealthy place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Cause that means I'll be able to help somebody else in the kingdom. Amen. Not only be blessed by myself, but I can bless somebody else. But I received what the Lord said. God said that's going to be an increase. That's going to be an increase. And in in, in if you're faithful to God and you're faithful to the house, God said that's going to be an increase. That there's no way somebody can outside of this place can can sow and then turn around and reap the way they reap. It, it was greater than a hundredfold. It, it shall be greater than a hundredfold. I'm looking at a thousandfold. I'm, I'm believing and I, I, I got that kind of faith. I, I'm on a faith I'm on a faith trip right now, and I got that kind of faith. But let me give you one last, one last scripture. Can you remember now that that smart mouth man, he didn't, the Bible said he didn't get to see it, okay? You know? Now, verse number 20 in Second in, in, in Kings says this. And so it fell it unto him, and the people trolled upon him in the gate, and he died. See, when things become plentiful, all of a sudden the people was wide open to get it, and they ran right off that man that was running his mouth, and he died. This this is the last scripture I want to give you, and we're going to be done. All right. Numbers, chapter number 23. The book of Numbers, chapter number 23. This is the one I want you to take home with you and take it to the bank. Numbers 23. Numbers, chapter number 23. I'm over here and do the wrong. Help me, Lord. I'm so excited about this word, I can't understand it. Numbers, chapter number 23. Amen. Are we there? Now, this is the one you want to take to the bank. Numbers, chapter number 23. Verse number 19, this is what it says. God is not a man that he should lie. Number one, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of a man that he has to repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall not make it good? Whatever God told you that he's going to do in your life, God is going to do it because God is a man. He's not a man that he got to lie. He ain't got to repent for nothing. God is going to do it. If God says overflow in your life, it's a season of overflow. I believe it. I, I literally believe it. Verse number 20 says, Behold, I have received a commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Let me tell you something. God has released a, 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 a spirit upon this house and those that are connected. God has released a, a blessing and it cannot be reversed. Why? Because God released it. I don't care what's going on, what it looks like. Keep Hold on to your faith. Hold on to that. If you don't remember anything else, you hold on to that last scripture. God is not a man that he is lie nor does he ever have to repent but the fact that he's saved now whatever is released from